That's all right. No, this is all great. I mean, we can include this, but we're just uh, just so for our podcast purposes. So I will start, and then Trace will introduce you. So um, you can always start. I'm gonna I'm gonna pour some water so I have got something at least to drink. You know what I mean? Just in case. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, it's very freewheeling. But anyway, um, yeah, sure. the Westport Library and the Quick Center for the Arts, in collaboration <laughs> with uh, Apple Podcasts, proudly presents Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast with me, Migs Burrows, and I'm Trace Burrows. Today we have a really fascinating guest who's done so many things uh, in her life. And um, she's been a TV personality. She's a psychic to the stars. She's an intuitive. She's got a she's got a great story. And there's lots of other things she's done, but those are just a few. Um, and so, just to start off, June, like on your Instagram, you have a couple of lines about yourself. And one of those things it says you're you're Jim Morrison's rep. What, what do you what do you mean by that? Well, it's the weirdest thing. Okay, so um, when I was a little girl. I was like the little girl because I, I've got a little sense, right? So I, I'm like the little girl, um, like the boy in the movie, okay? And the boy in the movie created that chenille bedspread tent. Well, I used to do that all the time. So I thought that was sort of crazy in the movie, right? I really identified with that part. <laughs> I didn't see dead people that were, you know what I mean, hitting the head and crazy things like that. But I made that little tent and I got a little record player, right? And, and they've come back into style. I couldn't believe it. I saw some this week online. And um, I had my little vinyl little thing. And it was, um, it was a Jim Morrison uh, record, Light My Fire, right? And I used to sing that when I was a little girl, which is really, really crazy. So I think it started then. So, <laughs> but the weirdest thing about this is that I was living in Calabasas. And um, I get this phone call. Uh, oh, you're a rock and roll medium. You're a rock and roll psychic. And Sylvia Brown said no to channeling Jim Morrison. And I said, who's Jim Morrison? No joke. <laughs> God on this truth, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> this was in something like 1998, 99, something like that. So, so thanks to Sylvia Brown, right? I became the channel of, of Jim Morrison. And, and so this woman, Beth, calls me up from BH1 and says... Um, we need you to channel Jim Morrison. I'm like, who's Jim Morrison? And she says, oh, that's gravy. That's perfect. We, we wanted somebody who didn't know, you know, who he was. And I said, good, don't tell me a lot of stuff. I don't want to know anything. And she's like, all right. So they, I had an assistant at the time and she puts the assistant on the phone and tells the assistant what to keep away from me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they came away the doors, movies and, you know, things like that. And um, so all of a sudden they, they put me on camera with a comedian. And I didn't know he was going to be a comedian host. And we were taken everywhere in L.A. I mean, we were taken to Chateau Marmont, where um, apparently Jim Morrison hung off of um, uh, part of one of the like gutters in the drain pipe, you know, off mm. of Chateau Marmont. And he hurt his shoulder, actually, which is really crazy. And then I was taken to uh, the bathroom in a place that now is a restaurant that does really great pizza, but it was this restaurant in Hollywood. And um, I was brought to the bathroom where Jim did the song LA Woman, right? That's where mm. he wrote the song in the bathroom. Oh. So they're like, do you feel Jim in the bathroom? It was one of those things. Okay. So then <laughs> I get taken to like all of the places, seriously, that Jim was at. And then 
they couldn't get the recording studio Sunset Sound to say yes to VH1, which I thought was really interesting. And that's where he recorded a lot of the albums and he actually even smashed the studio. So um, all of a sudden I was brought to Sunset Sound Recording, which I thought was really, really strange um, by Channel uh, 2 News and Channel 9 News and Channel 4 News. And they all, they all decided they wanted to have, um, you know, me channel Jim in the studio. And they got me even the Doors recording equipment, which I thought was wild. And apparently Jim would go to the church across the way and he would pray and he would come back and they would hang out with Janis Joplin too, which was really nutsy. And Janis Joplin used to stay apparently in a place above like, um, there was like an apartment or something above and she used to stay there and, and come down. And uh, so anyway, so I got the recording studio of where Jim was. And then I had um, David Lynch's uh, editor hmm. and she came to me as a client and uh, she came to Calabasas and, and I did sessions for her. And then uh, she said, you know, I really want a new apartment. I want to manifest a new apartment. And I help a lot of people in real estate um, to get the houses of their dreams and sell houses in like three to 10 days and things like that. And I'm not a realtor, but I help a lot of people do this. And so anyway, um, she wanted to live in Venice in the place where, where Jim had um, written People Are Strange, right? They're strange like mm -hmm. me. Anyway, so, <laughs> so anyway, so, so it was really crazy. So uh, the, uh, the place, the, the landlord didn't want to give it to her. He actually offered it to almost everybody in the building except for her. And poor Deborah. I was like, all right, Deborah, I will just, I'll light a candle and put a picture out of Jim and, and I'll say, hey, Jim, get, get Deborah that apartment. And a week later, Deborah got that apartment and moved in, which I thought was insane. I mean, she fought for that apartment for such a long time. And, and the guy just didn't want to give it to her because she really wanted it. <laughs> it was one of those things. So um, she got it and she lives there now, which is really wild. Um, and then I went to the movies and I met Henry Diltz, who was the photographer. Well, actually before then I did a, um, a charity benefit. Uh, I kept meeting Henry Diltz in different places who did the Morrison Hotel and he did um, Jim's, um, what should I say, Jim's, uh, uh, I guess he was his photographer, his main photographer, right? And um, an album cover photographer and things like that. And Henry and I are still in contact and Henry has a new book out now, which is really cool. But um, he, he and I just bump into each other just randomly. And the weirdest thing was, um, I was doing this benefit with Scarlett Johansson and uh, uh, it was for kids in wheelchairs. And I do a lot of charity benefits. I raise a lot of money. Like I, I raised a million and a half for charity last year. It's just one of the things I do in my spare time, which I don't have. So <laughs> I, <laughs> it's just sort of easy for me to raise money for charity. So I, um, I uh, went to this art studio in Los Feliz and uh, I was around Los Feliz. And um, I uh, walked in and we did the whole presentation. And this artist, Tom Beers, he's, um, he was a soap opera star and Young and the Restless, he was there and he was, he painted these trees, really, really beautiful paintings. And I'm walking around and this guy comes over and says, can I take your photograph? And I'm like, 
my photograph you know like why, why would you want my photograph what's you know and and so uh i said sure you know and he says he says oh i ran out of cards here i'll give you this and he writes his phone number on an actual it's the size of a, a card um but it was the actual picture of jim morrison uh, <laughs> which is really strange, you know, and, and it was the in front of the Morrison hotel and Jim in the white shirt and everything. And, and, uh, I said, Oh my God, Oh my God, you did this. And he goes, yeah. I said, wow, you did Jim. I did Jim. And he goes, you were too young. to." Do <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, then the news started calling me, they started, they started taping with me and they started calling me the LA woman to Jim Morrison. So, uh, which is crazy. And I'm actually writing a, a documentary on Jim now. And, uh, and I came to get this office that I have now uh, because of um, it being close to all the hangouts that Jim hung out in. So, so Diga, I'm curious, because I, 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 a long time ago, I interviewed Ed and Lorraine Warren, who did the Amityville, you know, they were the psychics that, that the channel, the Amityville uh, Horror House and other things. Wow. Uh, anyway, I followed them around on a few things, but they would, I watched her. I was the only, it was just those two, myself and the owner of this house that, that suspected the house was haunted. And Lorraine would walk into a room. She would walk down the hall and, and her body would kind of, you know, stand still and shake a little bit. And then she'd go into a room and she would start talking to the person. I'm just wondering, is, how does it happen for you? Do you, do, do you hear like, you know, Jim Morrison or anybody else, do you hear them beckon you somewhere or, you know, how do you get to them? How, how do they get to you? Well, it's, it's funny. I, I learned mediumship um, in a different way. Like a lot of people call themselves mediums, but they're really psychics. But since mm -hmm. that show came out, they're like, I'm a medium. And I go, wow, where'd you study? And they go, I didn't. And I'm like, okay, wait. <laughs> <laughs> because it takes a lot of control, you know, to, um, well, you know, and I, I took improv. So the improv and this works really well together. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> I went to Second City, right? So it's, <laughs> it's funny because comedy is a different animal and being psychic is another animal, right? You know, and... Um, well, comedians uh, have to be sort of psych short term psychic in a way i guess to, to relate improv improv requires that in a way doesn't it yeah and and you know what's so weird is um like like when i used to hang out with robin williams right um he would have five different people that's why like you, you'd see him on like johnny carson you know and he'd get up and you'd see him like you know, get up at a certain point, go da 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 da, -da and then he'd go ba -da -ba -da, and then he'd go da 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 da, and he'd go, you know, and it, those were the people that he worked with. A lot, a lot of famous comedians. Um, I, I was gonna say I do, but um, a lot of famous comedians <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, are are very open and even show me rooms that they work in and who their idols were that they channel. So I've been taken into their house into like a room that's empty with a photograph. Like, for example, one of them had a huge black and white photograph of um, uh, Jackie Gleason. I was going to say, and away we go. All right. <laughs> so anyway, so Jackie Gleason and, and him actually, you know, the pom-poms on his hat and on his shoes and everything golfing. So that was on the wall. I'll never forget it, you know, and just the light above head and he would channel his routines and he would go on stage and do them so 
I thought that was really, really cool. Um, how they, they, going back to your question, but how they come back to me, the funniest thing was when I was a little girl um, or baby, I should say, I saw light balls in the room, right? And like orbs are people too, okay? So anyway, <laughs> it's like ghosts are people too. And I, I don't call them ghosts because they're, it's almost not nice to call them ghosts. Hmm. They're not ghosties. They're, they're people. And um, they want to be addressed as people, you know. But when, when you're a little kid and you see them as light balls, it's funny because when that light ball expands, you hear a sound that's very Star Trek-y. I loved Star Trek when I was growing up. And I, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of those people that were on Star Trek. Um, but when one of those balls opens up, it's like... And you remember how the door would open up and Captain yeah. Kirk would go through it? Yeah. 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 It's that same sound. Isn't that crazy? That whooshing sound, yeah. Yeah, that whooshing sound. So you hear that same sound. So a lot of the sounds in Star Trek were very psychic sounds, you know? And um, and, uh, and very it sounds of the other side, I should say. It's like Enya's music. You know, a lot of people like Enya, Enya's Watermark album, right? Enya's Watermark album. Um, one day I had my computer speakers on. And you could hear that sound. Well, that's like when you leave your body. That's mm. that sound. And that's in there. And that's why we feel that sense of home or we feel that sense of peace from that music because that's got the sounds of the other side in it, right? And and I've been dead seven times. I'm the most dead chick alive. <laughs> that's what they call me. She's the most dead woman alive. Here she is. She's young. <laughs> Plus, I was hit by lightning, and that's just a bonus round. So that was good. Yeah, you <laughs> oh you drowned by lightning too, right? Yeah, yeah, I was hit by lightning, but I didn't die. I did, everything just went black, like you know. And I got thrown backwards eight feet, and I sort of like my body lifted up and I went backwards eight feet. Yeah, it was really crazy, and um, never forget that. I couldn't speak for eight months, so now I make up for that. <laughs> <laughs> Did it help or did it help or uh, or change? Did it change <laughs> your psychic perception? I thought so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did. Uh, it it uh, you know it does. And what it the big problem that it does is uh, back then we had pagers, right? Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like hold the pager in my hand and it would break. And no. I mean, and I mean, break meaning the signal just was gone, you know, and I, I did it with a phone guy came to my house once and he said, oh, really, you're hit by lightning. I said, yeah, see, and I took his pager and the thing just died. And so he went to his boss and his boss, his <laughs> boss said, who did this? He said, this chick, she was hit by lightning. Was really so how long did you have that special energy let, that lightning gave you? I still like do. That? Isn't that crazy? I still do. I don't, I don't. Oh, you still do. I, yeah. yeah. I have to pull my energy back. I learned how to pull my energy back into my body so that I, I don't wreck things, you know? Mm. Like I was in a, a car I rented, thank God, you know, uh, I rented it because everything started going wrong. You know, those key things, those key fob things, I, like I couldn't find the car in the mall one day because I, I took the wrong floor, you know? I was shopping, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I was gonna park on one floor in mm. Woodland Hills and I didn't park on that floor at the mall and with Kardashian scale. All right, anyway, so I was <laughs> on one of those floors and it was Christmas and it was like, I've been hunting for this parking space, you know? And I was like, I just wanted to go in the store, get in and get out, you know? And because um, malls are, are like a signal. Can you imagine? Like, 
if every person had, was walking with five dead people and you go into a mall, imagine that. That's the kind of thing that I experienced. Really? Isn't that yeah. crazy? So it's very disturbing to, to be in a mall uh, for me. But um, anyway, so I parked in that, that key fob thing. That was dead. Forget that. So I couldn't find the car that way. Isn't that crazy? And yeah. when I got in the car, then the AC went out. So, you know, things like that go. When I get into clients' cars, I mess the cars up. Um, so it's pretty crazy. N nuts. Has anyone ever studied you? You know, like some other people that do, like a scientist or something? Yeah, you've got like an electromagnetic. Have you ever been, yeah, tested scientifically or? Yeah, by a lot of different people. Okay. Good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was running heat. I had to change my clothes. <laughs> did, did you take off the red blouse? Yeah. <laughs> Can you see through the camera? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> is a close psychic. That I've always, mean. you know, I'm. I don't know if you're being honest, but I, yeah, I. Um, yeah. No, we no, all. I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like red. You know, it's good psychic energy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It makes me think of Christmas too. I love but Christmas. people do that. Brings it to a question about you know, is it a gift or is it develop? Can it be developed? Because I think most people could say, you know, I had this dream last night that that whatever that that you you played tennis and then you just told me about a tennis game or you know, people have these kind of intuitions things. Is, is it a gift that you can develop that anybody can develop? I mean, and not a, is it a is it a talent anyone can develop or is it a gift that you have to be born with? I think it's both. It's a little bit of both. What um, me coming in and like as a little girl, there are some pictures of me online as a little teeny girl talking to ducks, right? You know, out of a car. You see me in this little hoodie thing, and I'm. I, I mean, God, I was probably maybe two years old then, or something like that. And already in photographs, I started having electronic visual phenomena. I started having like spirit, you know, show up on film. So I started having that happen. So you see this like angel on the windshield, people say to me, I'm in, and um, uh, going through my, the, like, you know, your mom's got a baby book and stuff with your pictures and you see how many pictures are messed up. And then uh, it was a society of psycho research that I went to when they did Ghostbusters. Anyway, so, <laughs> <laughs> so they did Ghostbusters. Um, I was watching, for example, um, Channel 4 News in New York. And because uh, I was born in Jersey and I so was moved I. to New York. Get out, where, what exit? <laughs> <laughs> Belmar, Belmar, New Jersey. I was born at Fitkin Hospital. So was I, Fitkin, Fitkin Hospital, I was too. Ah! I swear, Fitkin. <laughs> oh, sorry. And you know who else was? <laughs> Jack Nicholson was born in Fitkin Hospital. Get out. That's craziness. Yeah. That's craziness. That's yeah, I was born there. That's really, that's wild. Oh, my God. How yeah. weird is that? I was, I lived in Belmar. My dad's house was in Belmar. So it's wild you said that. 306 19th Avenue. <laughs> I have no, I was like two years old when they moved to three years. So, so I don't remember it, but. Oh, my God. Would it be funny if we lived on that same street? <laughs> I could find out. What, that would be good. That would be really good. Wouldn't that be hilarious? That would be like yeah. hilarious. Yeah. See, you never know. See, I believe not, in that's these amazing. Yeah. Now it's called the Shore Medical Center. Oh, yeah. is it? I'll have to go. Yeah. yeah. It's called the Shore Medical Center. 
and um, the address hasn't changed where babies were born, though, when we were born. So the address well, hasn't changed. I know I was born a lot earlier than you were, but um, anyway, it's still the same place, the same state. It's crazy. Same place, same place. I love it. That's like so crazy. This is so good. <laughs> this is so good. Um, but Asbury Park, for everybody yeah. out there that knows Bruce Springsteen and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, and that, that picture, by the way, of me with the Volvo, that was taken around that time, oh. you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents got divorced when I was 14 months old. But I still, I spent time in Belmar because my dad kept the house until he died. And um, he sold it and then he died. Is that weird? He sold mm. it and a month or two later mm. he died, which I believe in people's house numbers and things. Numbers mean something too. That's on your journey, you know? And I, I'm a big numbers chick. I'm a big... Um, you know, numbers mean everything. And I have this system, you know, so. It's numer, I mean, that's numerology. I don't know anything about it, but I've heard yeah. it's numerology. So it's the. Yeah, but my dad was on the mathematics. So when I was like, seriously, I was six or seven. He was like, hey kid, you gotta learn calculus. And I was like, oh my God, what is that? And when <laughs> I went to school, like, my my uh, teacher was like, he, he has you learning, what? My first grade teacher, <laughs> your dad's too much so he actually had me doing uh stock charts and learning about the fibonacci number system and the saucer technique and then he had me doing stock picks no mm. joke and and horse racing and i'm really good at the horse races especially in the meadowlands i have mm. this thing with the meadowlands i don't know and and i got this other lotto thing that i help people win millions in the lottery because i do their numbers based on their birth chart where they were born and I give them their numbers. It takes me seven days to do, but it's it's worth it. I do it for charity for kids. And um, when I do it for charity, they win millions. It's really funny. Um, I learned that like they're giving and I'm giving and our mm -hmm. hearts are open. So therefore we manifest money faster and there's like no blockage, you know? It's really interesting. That's great. You know, but anyway, so, so, um, yeah, all these pictures I had and everything, I brought them to the Society of Psycho Research because I saw that Danny Aykroyd was on the news and he was talking about where he did his psychic research. So I called them up and I made a meeting and they invited me to meet all these mediums. And I mean like true mediums and scientists and everything. So when they saw the pictures, they showed me faces in the pictures that I never thought. All I saw was like fog. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> light and fog coming off my body and weird things you know my sweet 16 picture has faces behind me faces <laughs> bigger than my body it's really crazy you know so, like, so but if it wasn't for them i wouldn't have known i'd be modeling and the photographers were like something's wrong with the film june and i'd go what and then you'd see all these pictures are great and then the next row of like slides remember slides yeah people oh, don't yeah. remember that yeah <laughs> I would, I'd have rows of slides and then you would see, oh, they're all beautiful. And then the next row was like, you see something come in and something leave and mm. something come in and something leave, you know? And, and I was born a Catholic girl, you know, and, um, and uh, which is really wild. And I also was wholly chrismated in the Greek Orthodox church in, in uh, Carteret. I called them recently. Um, and, uh, talk to them about holy chrismation which is being anointed with oil that 
supposedly protects your soul and makes your soul stronger. So I don't know if that's why I'm still alive after these seven mm. near death experiences. And each near death experience was different too. What were, what were some of the other ones? Um, I drowned in Cancun on vacation. That's my last vacation. I mm. actually, I, I, I've only had two vacations in my life. <laughs> <laughs> one was with, with the village people in Hollywood, Florida, for. before they got famous. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. YMCA, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I was like, I was with the, I was with the boys. Like, I got into the, I got off the plane and I got into the elevator with with an Indian with dental floss up his butt, and it was really like, what who, is it? Halloween? I didn't bring a costume. I had no idea. I didn't know what was going on. And then, like, I see this dude in a leather outfit looking like a policeman in the pool, and I'm sort of like, okay, that's sort of weird. And he's got a whip. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't understand. So, but um, but I got to meet all those guys and get to know them, and I'm still in touch with Randy. So, uh, but yeah, it is really, you know, it's funny who you meet. Like I, I have this thing where I, I, uh, I'm very hooked to TV. So if I see somebody on TV, I normally go to like the grocery store and they're there mm. in front of me. So I have that thing. So you, it's, it's like you it's, conjure them up maybe. Right? And like I, yeah, I end up in the, and I, and I hear, you know, like you were saying, like, how do I hear them? How do I feel them? How do I, what Going back to that, I, I, uh, and I'm bouncing around like a ball. I apologize, but um, no, uh, the uh, the thing is really wild. It's like I'll hear, no, don't leave now. Leave in a half an hour, mm. and then I'll go, okay, she'll leave now, and they'll go five minutes, and then you'll have this experience. I'm like, okay, so I'll leave in five minutes, and I'll get maybe a Lyft driver that's spiritual. Do you know what I mean? That'll mm. drive me. It's it's easier when someone drives me. I used to have an assistant drive me and people would put me down for that, you know? But it was easier because I would sit and I would channel write on a ledger pad. Um, you know, I love legal pads and stuff like that. And I channel write before I get to meeting meetings and I would like hear things of what was gonna happen or what I should say or what I should talk about or or that kind of stuff. And um, you know, with, with us today, I'm just free falling. I wrote notes and then I was like, ah no. <laughs> Forget those notes. We're we're just gonna roll. <laughs> but I but it is you know it it's um it's funny because I was uh, by the way I had a lot of fear of this. Like a lot of people I get that are psychic have a lot of fear. And they come to me, and they're like, "Does this happen to you? You know, I have this happening to me, and I don't know how to get rid of the energy, and I don't know how to like I don't use sage to get rid of negativity." in a house it actually makes it worse it's funny it seems like it's better for a minute it's really great and you know if you want to sell a house and you use sage everybody thinks you've been smoking marijuana in that house and that house mm. stinks you know and, it, and the carpet absorbs it and the curtains mm. absorb it and the you know what i mean you can't sell a house with sage but i have this stuff that i got because i went to greece for three weeks after i worked on the murder case of in this cosby um uh, Bill Cosby's son, yeah. by the way, and everything Bill Cosby's son said, and and yeah, his dad's in jail. Pretty crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So I said it on cassette tape. Cassette tape. Remember what cassette did tape? Son, I forget <laughs> what did his son. I forget that whole scenario. Like, what, there was a like, was it a gunshot or what, what happened with his son, and what did he say? Well, his son was went out driving. And he went to Skirball exit over by the Getty Museum. So the Getty Museum is on the left. 
and like the exits on the right and you take the skirball exit, you know? Mm -hmm. So he took the skirball exit and um, he got out because his tire was like flat and he was going to change his tire and then he got shot and that was it. Now, the weirdest thing is what was in the trunk um, when I worked on it, uh, he kept saying through me, and they didn't know if I died on the table, the newscasters, they were really freaked out. They were crying over my body. You don't even want to know. You don't even want to know. Mm. It was so intense. I, and everybody thought, by the way, I was tall and black and boy, could I eat, man. Like I hardly eat. I'm going to tell you, I ate constantly. I had chocolate bars. I had, I had shakes. I had fries. I had everything and I lost weight. It was so great. I loved <laughs> doing that, but I hated being the, the, mm. uh, the murder victim. And I hated being, and I hate to call him a victim. You know, um, he just didn't listen to his gut. And he didn't listen to his dad. And he took off in the car. See, he says, my dad told me not to go, not to go out because the dad knew. See, there was a whole embezzlement behind all of this stuff. So that's, that's what was going on. And Bill had this daughter with this other woman and he decided he was going to stop paying for her education. So they always take your only son. Look back in history of Mm. celebrities, right? Whole bunch of celebrities lost their only son. Uh, That was something Fred Travelina taught me, the comedian. You know, he was like Rich Little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were friends. They were rivals and they were friends and they were, you know what I mean? All these things. But Fred hooked me up with Shirley MacLaine. That was so cool. Johnny Carson lost his son. Um, Paul Newman lost his son. That's right, yeah. Pierce Brosnan. Right? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, uh, Pierce and who who else? Um, uh, yeah, he didn't marry Keely Shea or something because of his son dying or something like that. Yeah. I was a- with Pierce the day she, she got pregnant. Boy, that's a whole oh. night. I spent a whole evening with Pierce Brosnan taking me bar hopping. <laughs> yeah. I actually bought a dress. I bought a dress, told my assistant, I said, I turned a card, right? That's when I used cards just for fun. I would, I'd take a card and I could see like a vision on a card of a person. And I go, oh, Piercy Brosnan's coming in. I'm going to buy a dress. Let's go to the store. So I bought this beautiful gown, this push-up gown. I looked like like uh, Jessica Rabbit, and like and I had this little bolero jacket. And I and I put it in the closet. I go, that's my that's my date with Piercy Brosnan. And I put it in the closet. And Kevin Costner's photographer Ben Glass called me up. We were friends. Um, Kevin introduced me to him. And, and so Ben, um, Ben worked on all these movies. He worked on Dante's Peak and, and oh, all of Kev's movies and stuff like that. Anyway, so, so um, I was um, called up by Ben and he said, what are you doing? You want to come to Planet Hollywood? I said, sure. And he says, Pierce Brosnan's here. I want to introduce you. And I said, oh, I bought the perfect dress for this. So I call, I was shaking. <laughs> That's when I shake. I don't shake before I channel. <laughs> I shake before I meet Pierce. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was like amazing. But I, I put the, I was a nervous wreck and she had to drive, you know, my sister had to drive. <laughs> I, I was like, Oh my God, this is really happening. You know? And the whole night was wild. And his wife kept trying to get through to him 
and he's really powerful psychically. He put like this oh, yeah? wall up in front of me, like went from the ground. And it's the first time I ever had that experience where I could see that, you know, like diamond, um, diamond cut steel. You know what I mean? That, that yeah. diamond, what are they called? Diamond bed, you know, where you have it on a truck and stuff like that. Yeah. Like on fire trucks. No. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Yeah. That stuff. Like it was like that. And it went up and from the ground all the way up. And like, it started to go up towards his neck. As soon as I was, I was at toppers with him and he bought me a margarita, which is really cool. And, and I don't drink a lot. So it was really hard to like, <laughs> keep up with him, you know, but it was like, it was like up and it like, um, that diamond diamond stuff like went up to like his chin. Like it was like, I don't want you to touch me with the Cassandra stuff, you know, his, his uh, first wife who died, but he wasn't ready. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He might be ready now. I mean, I don't know, but um, he could find me. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you one more? We're almost out of time. Oh my um, God! Really? really? <laughs> We're just starting. We can keep going, but I, I our parent, our, our father died of Alzheimer's. Well, you don't die of Alzheimer's technically, but um, yeah. but and, and I know you work with Alzheimer patients, and and yeah. I'm just curious, what is what what is your connection? How, how do you, how do you interact with Alzheimer patients? What's the, or how should, what's for some, I mean, it's too late for us, but for anybody that has a, an, a parent with Alzheimer's, <laughs> what is the, what is any, any recommend suggestions on how to, you know, interact with an Alzheimer patient? Yeah. You know, the, uh, God, let me give you the short version. So I had gotten a new assistant and, and, um, uh, her name was Ade, and Ade uh, and I went to see her. She called her her mom. She had a mom, but it was her grandma. Like my grandma was my mom, right? You know, my nanny. Couldn't call her grandma. She didn't know you, but you know. So I identified with her on that, and uh, and so she said to me, "It's Mother's Day, and um, I don't know how I'm gonna have my, you know, grandma recognize me." And uh, I really want her to. And so, you know, does my family. So what I did was I, I took um, the people on the other side. She gave me the names. Of, and I pray because I pray a lot, right? And so I prayed for, oh, my God, how many hours? Um, number of hours, probably about five hours over two days. And um, I would just sit in prayer. I'd go to the beach and sit you know, and pray, call Mm -hmm. upon them and say, you know what, I need your daughter or your granddaughter or whatever, you know, whoever was on the other side to recognize her family. I really need that. Please help me to have her communicate, right? Please, when I, when I show up, please go. Cause I always need an anchor. See, mediums need an anchor. You can't do mediumship uh alone especially in the beginning right and having an anchor is a good thing if you're going to channel you know really deep trans channel these mediums don't do trans channeling trans channeling you can't do alone trans channeling you need somebody a designated driver somebody mm-hmm. on the side of you you know or pa- you're the passenger and they're the driver at a certain point you know because they have to stand strong like a pole and then you can go fly off right i, I hope that makes sense so she's driving and i'm looking at their names and I'm looking at their pictures and we get to lockup. Okay. Because she was in lockup 
along with a whole bunch of people because they could escape and then you can't, you know, they don't know how to get home. And, mm. you know what I mean? So they were in what you call lockup. And um, I hate to say it that way, but it's the only thing I yeah. know, you know? And so we're in like West Covina, something like that. And um, uh, it was interesting because we get walked in and I wanted to go in before the family and the family was there and they were crying. Oh, is this going to be her last Mother's Day? We know it and da, 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 da. So she doesn't want to eat, you know, and they all don't want to eat normally, you know what I mean? Um, or they forget to eat or right. they can't take the vitamins and things. My mom in the end had um, dementia or Alzheimer's um, from heart surgery and from the doctors, seven doctors giving her 22 meds that depleted her brain oh. in New Jersey. Yeah, because there's no law like where they can um, see the counteractions. Do you know what I mean? There's no, there's no, um, what should I say? Uh, uh, Cross-referencing, I guess, you know? Like CVS isn't gonna have mm. all your drugs. Right. If you go to CVS and you go to a small pharmacy, they're not gonna, there's no computer system that's going to put all that together and say, oh, my God, how can that person be taking 22 minutes? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I found out when I went into the dresser drawer and I was like, what? You know, and I, it freaked me out. You know, she went to a dentist and they gave her an antibiotic. She even took that. Do you see where I'm going? Like mm. they could go to whatever doctor. And my mother was an anti-drug person. So it's that was a big other problem, you know. But once you have a heart surgery and she had a valve put in, you know, then all this stuff started happening, you know. And, um, and there were actually, I'm going to tell you, there must've been a hundred people around my mother in our living room. Hmm. Our living room was like light with in the dark. You could see all these people. So if, hmm. if you think that Alzheimer's people or people, people with dementia are alone, they're not, they got more people than we've got hmm. with them and watching over them. So that's one thing that's really comforting, right? And the, the uh, other thing is, um, I remember, by the way, she left a frying pan like on the, on the stove, right? And I heard one of them come into the bedroom and they said, um, there's a fire in the kitchen. And I ran to the kitchen. Sure enough, there was a fire from the frying pan. My mother just like turned it on and left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> have been the whole house would have been on fire so if i wasn't able to hear her hmm. like you know what i mean even though i was the black sheep of the family yeah i'm the most catholic chick that prays in the family and i'm the black sheep of the family so that's the funny uh, but anyway that, yeah yeah so so we got in and, and we went to ade's mom right and um when i got there she actually uh recognized me hmm. for the whole family so she looked in, and she pointed to me and she said, angel, angel, hmm. angel. And, and the whole family looked at me <laughs> and said, have you met her before? I said, no, I haven't met her at all. And um, angel, angel, you come. And so she pointed the finger, you know, to me. And um, I went over to her because she spoke Spanish, you know. And so uh, she hugged me and kissed my face with her hand. I'll never forget it. Hmm. And then she started talking to the family, saying their names and how she felt about each one of them in the room. Wow. And they sobbed. I cannot even tell you how they cried. We cried like my, I thought my heart fell out of my chest. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was the most 
emotional experience. So I, I uh, was able to do that with people. Um, and it's easier, of course, with me there in person, but it is, it is something I can teach, you know, to people um, on how to do it. And there's a, there's a certain technique. And I, of course, use this product that I got in Greece, you know, that clears houses, and, you know, that, that actually clears energy so much that it makes you feel angelic energy in your home, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't make money on it because it's holy, you know, and I get it from this guy and um, in Greece and from the churches and stuff. Cause I had really big experiences. I went to four churches a day in, in Greece and my life wasn't the same because like they pray so much there that the atmosphere is so thick that you can manifest anything. When you pray more, the atmosphere is thick. And I think it's, you're in this meditative state when you pray, right? You're repeating things. You're, you know what I mean? You're, um, not that everybody has to be Catholic and everybody has to believe I, you know, my dad was an atheist. I'm born to an atheist, right? Isn't that funny? Even his house number is house without God. That's what his house number means. 30619 Avenue means house without God. Out of all the plots of land he could have bought in Belmar when there was nothing there, he bought that one. <laughs> See, you never know, right? <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, people, people, um, people can believe whatever they want and they work with them. You know, I just, uh, uh, you know, and, and you, said Amityville to bring it around again. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at the house down the street for a realtor who bought a house with a barn on the street where the Amityville Horror House was. Oh. <laughs> and her house was so haunted. It was insane. It was <laughs> craziness. So I think that whole street's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taking over the, the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's um... Not a beautiful day in the neighborhood, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, not unless you're a demon, but um, but you're, I don't, right, that's right, exactly. <laughs> do you have any last uh, questions before we wrap it up? Because about it, yeah, no, no, I, I mean, I have some questions, but I'm not, <laughs> okay, but I'm not going. Maybe we could do a, not another show. Another yeah, show. maybe we could do a part two sometimes because we're up to about an hour, yeah. and that's that's our limit on iTunes. But um, oh, okay. But thank you so much. And, thank you. Uh, I yeah, love it. Thank you. Yeah, anytime you want to do anything, it'd be fun. And I'll have, when I, if I find my address in Belmar, um, I'll let Trace know and he can let you know. Um, I'd love that. That'd be like so great. How crazy is that? That is like yeah. the best. Yeah. Um, anyway, very, it's so been really great to talk to you, June. Thanks. Thank oh, you, it's, been, it's been great to talk to you, too. And, and by the way, when you guys came to me, I got to tell you this really fast. Hmm. You guys came to me. My mother came to me in a dream. She's been coming a lot more because, you know, during the pandemic, by the way, a lot of a lot of people, including me, um, like I've got a lot of clients and everything coming to me. Um, they are dreaming of people on the other side that they knew that were family and everything that are coming closer to them, like watching over them or whatever, giving them advice. And my mother came to me and she said, she said, let's go to Connecticut. Huh. We have to go what? to Connecticut, gas yeah. up the car. So I said, oh my God, mom, remember when I sold dad my blue Honda? Remember that? Like, and like we were talking cars and we're driving and we're driving to Connecticut. And I hadn't been to Connecticut in years. And then you guys contact me. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah. That's, no, that's what she I did. do. <laughs> yes, so, yes, so here you are in Connecticut virtually, a virtual trip right. to Connecticut. That's great. How crazy is it? Isn't it wild? Yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe I'm supposed to be there next because they keep telling me there's some gig in New York. So I was like, all right. So 
you never know. I might have to come back even in pandemic and work. Oh, you're always welcome. And we maybe do a part two sometime. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Bye. 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 Take care. Bye, everybody.